I don't know how often in your minds or in your hearts you've put together these, these two words, grief and thanksgiving. Grief and thanksgiving. I don't, I don't think in our culture they're, they're two words that are often brought together um, or, or considered uh, in the same sentence. But according to scripture, these two things belong together. They're integrally tied to one another. In fact, I, I think that what the scriptures teach us is that joy, which Thanksgiving is, a, is an expression of the experience of joy. It's, it's, the, it's the giving of a joyful response to the Lord. That joy and grief actually come from the same place in our souls, which is love. And so God has custom designed us in his image to bear his image. And what we, one, one of the, the defining characteristic of God is love. God is love. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so made in God's image, the core of who we are is to be lovers. Lovers of God, lovers of who God has made us to be. So self-love, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself, and then, and then to love others. This is the core of who we are. Now, how love expresses itself depends situationally. Um, and I think the two primary emotions of love can fall under everything that we feel can fall under either the category of grief or joy. These are, these are the emotional expressions of what love are. When, when, when love is broken and, and it's hurting, the response to that, the human response, is grief. And that's God's design, that we would grieve over brokenness and grieve over pain. And then the response to love that, that feels good, and in a way that God designed us to feel good, and, and we're thankful for, that's, that's joy. That's joy. And then under grief and joy are all sorts of other feelings. But if you trace them back to their starting point, you have at, at the core of all things, love expresses itself through, through grief and joy. And when we give that joyful expression to God, what, what that is, is thanksgiving. So this is, a, this is a painting. Can you all see that? I'll kind of hold it up a little bit. Um, this is a painting by... Um, our, our friend Christina Hostetter, and she did this, this painting recently, and the Lord has just been speaking to me through this painting. Um, I sat in here, I forget what day it was, this week, Tuesday or Wednesday, I just sat in the sanctuary praying and just weeping, and the Lord just speaking through, through this. So if you can see, there's three lines here. Here uh, is the higher one, and then the lower one. And the middle one. And what, what this is, and you can take a closer look maybe after the service or, or come up and see it. But uh, our worship planning team, which Christina is a part of that team, we're working on this project. Um, we're kind of throwing around ideas about how can we help the church artistically memorize some verses. And so I brought this idea to the worship planning team. What it, um, and I, this isn't my idea. I've seen other people do this. But what if we took some verses and we created art, original art around the verses. So like a painting or original music. And then when you see the, the painting, when you, when you hear the song, you, you learn the verse. I don't know about you, but the most verses that I have memorized that I, that I don't forget, that I know word for word, are because I learned them as a kid with a song. Right? Like, 
<laughs> I know a lot of scripture, um, and I'm in the scripture daily, but the ones that I can quote the most clearly word for word are the ones that I learned through song. And so we were thinking about writing music and, and just creating a project, an art project, that would help the church engage around, around verses. So our worship planning team has been talking about this concept, and, and Josh uh, comf- brought to us the verse Psalm 95.6, which I started our service with. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. And so what this is, is this is Christina's artistic expression of that verse. So come, let us worship. What is, when she pictures worship, she's like picturing it like hands raised, standing before the Lord, singing, arms lifted. Come, let us worship and bow down, down before the Lord. And then let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. So creatively, when we see this, we see, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. Isn't that beautiful? That's such a cool expression. My, and I shared this with Christina. My, my favorite kind of art is art that is, 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 it's not on the nose, but it is, has some abstraction, but with that speaking. And I love that this so beautifully speaks that verse in a way that leaves room for each person to engage it in their own way without it kind of just hitting you on the face of what it's saying. Um, because it's speaking something in the beauty and the abstraction and, and all, uh, all, all that it is. So um, Christina's not here, but she gave me permission uh, to share that and talk about it. And the reason why I wanted to share it and talk about it is because I think that we've often equated thanksgiving, giving thanks to God with the joyful expression and, and only giving thanks when we're feeling good about things. It's easy to give thanks to God when you're standing on top of the mountain in Colorado, right? Or you're in Hawaii <laughs> in the jungle looking at, looking at uh, a waterfall. Like that's, that's a beautiful, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Give thanks to God in, in that time. That's good. That's healthy. We were made to do that. And, and so when we're worshiping, when we're standing, that's how, like, I picture the human soul. When you're, when you're giving that easy expression of thanks that's just overflowing from joy, you're just, you're standing there, arms lifted. Whether or not you're physically doing that, your, your spiritual posture is lifted before the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for what, whatever it is that, that the overflow of the joy is expressing ourselves. And then there's the posture of the heart. Uh, come, let us worship and bow down. And, and when I think of bowing down, I think of like reverence and fear for the Lord. And so when I feel like fearful, and, and I talked about fear recently here, not, not afraid of God like his punishment. So this isn't a fear where you're avoiding God. This is a fear of God where you're looking at him and he's captivated your soul because he's the God of the universe and all glory and honor and praise belongs to him. And what happens to every single person who encounters the presence of God in the scriptures? What happens? Down they go, right? Jared said they fall on their face. That's exactly right. Every single person who, if, and if you've ever had an encounter with, with God Almighty in a special way, down you go on your face with the fear of the Lord stirring in you. And it's very, very appropriate to give thanks to God 
in that place, when you're down in front of him, experiencing his manifest power and glory, we give thanks to God in that. And then the kneel posture, when I, think, when I close my eyes and think of a human soul kneeling, that's the posture that, that, at least in my own imagination, I equate with pain and with grief. Like, when, when am I down on my knees before God? It's when I'm petitioning him, when I'm broken, when I'm looking at a situation that I just wish he would intervene and interject himself into in a different way, when I'm past words, when I'm encountering injustice and I'm frustrated, when I'm sad, when I'm hurting, is when my spirit is down on its knees just begging, God, would you please show up in this situation? Would you please speak in this situation? Would you please aid this person? Would you please heal this person? Would you please just show up and let me know that you care about whatever's going on? And that's the time when I think that we get a little confused and sometimes we don't actually express thanks to God. And, and yet what the scriptures teach us is that that is one of the most powerful times when we're on our knees petitioning, begging, even asking God, where are you? Are you speaking? That that is such a powerful and profound and beautiful time to give thanks to God. And I'll show you a couple examples from the scriptures. One of my favorite psalms, and that's a running joke because I often say one of my favorite psalms, but this really is one of my favorite psalms, is Psalm 13. And it's a psalm of David, and it's just six verses. Six verses. It's real short, and he starts out with this. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? And it goes on like that for several verses, just these questions. Where are you? Are you going to forget me forever? You don't see me. You don't acknowledge me. You're not, you're not aiding this situation. And then there's this weird turn that happens in verse 5 because nothing circumstantially changes in David's life. Nothing's changed. He's still in the mess that he's in. Nobody has come to him in the last five minutes and said, I'm so sorry I treated you that way, David, or I'm, I'm going to turn around and repent. And nothing has changed in his circumstances. But he says, but, after listing all these complaints and these frustrations, these hurts, he says, but, I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I want to offer you this gift this morning that's been a gift to me. To be filled with frustration, doubt, anger, questions, and give thanks to God at the same time. That is completely appropriate and God-honoring and a blessing to the Lord. The mountaintop shouting the praises of God, that's good, do that. The reverence, fear of the Lord where you're down on your face and you understand that he cares for everything and he's got it all under control because he's God Almighty and you're not worthy and that's okay because he still loves you. Give thanks to God in that place. But also, 
when you have legitimate doubts, legitimate questions, legitimate wrestling, that's a good time to give thanks to God. It's a very, very good time to give thanks to God. So what are you thankful for today? What has God done in your life? What do you see him doing in and around you? These are the things we'll share together in a few minutes. Psalm 13, let's look at the whole thing. He says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Whose throne does Jesus sit on? David's throne, the guy who wrote this. This kind of honesty is pleasing to God. Many of us grew up in a setting where, where the wor- <laughs> spiritually speaking, the worst thing you could do was have doubt. That, that we were either implicitly, secretly, or, or actually forthrightly <laughs> in an open way told that the worst thing that could happen to us, spiritually speaking, is to have doubt. That is so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. So I want to invite you, and I've done this from time to time, but I actually want to invite you into grief, and I want to invite you into doubt. That doesn't mean that you throw everything away. In fact, quite the opposite. Faith doesn't mean you believe propositional truths about God. That's not what faith actually means. So... (laughs) So the the classic example of this is is Satan believes in God, right? Is that faith? He believes in God. He's encountered God. It's not faith. Just propositional truth statements about God is not faith. What faith is, is the allegiance of a soul to God. That is what faith is. It's the allegiance of a soul. And sometimes... Sometimes there's legitimate questions, and to have doubt and to have questions is to be human. And to be human is a very good thing. God made you a human. You should be human. I don't know if I've said this in here before or not, but I love this line. One of my favorite theologians, Christopher West, says this. He, he says, why do we use, oh, that's just my human nature as, as like a a bad thing. When God made your human nature in his own image. So to to doubt, to wrestle, to question, I want to actually invite you into that. But with this caveat, that doubt is no place to live forever. It's a place to walk through. And when you're in it, you fight with everything in you. You fight with everything in you because God has not called you to pitch your tent there or live there. God has called you to walk through it and fight through it. So this is what we see David doing. He's got these legitimate questions. He's alive. He's got doubt. He's got frustrations. He's got pain. And he has so much allegiance to God that he knows that God can handle it and loves him anyways through it. And so David's able to be completely honest. How long will you forget me? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle in anguish and sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? It's not okay. 
God, it's not okay. Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Now watch this. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in his life. But watch. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. I will sing to God because he is good to me even when I have these questions that haven't been answered. None of those questions have been answered. And yet David, in his, in his genuine longing for the presence of God and his allegiance to the Lord speaks truth to himself, but I trust in your unfailing love. But I rejoice because you have rescued me. And I sing to you, God, because you are good to me. I think this is a great example of what it means to give thanks to God when you're on your knees, begging the Lord, struggling, wrestling, feeling pain. Jesus went through great grief and pain and even doubt himself. If it's possible, God, take this cup from me. If that's not grief and doubt, I don't know what is. It's not that he's doubting propositionally whether or not God exists. He's fighting through the pain and the grief of the reality of his call, which is to die. Which is to die. What if that was your whole mission? Son, daughter, I want you to live a life where you live perfectly in obedience to me, and then I want you to die. 30 years old, 33 years old. That's That's a hard cup. It's a grieving cup. But Jesus has the same response. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Even though I don't think I can drink this cup, even though I'm wrestling with with what this means, not my will, but yours be done. But I trust in your unfailing love. Another example of this is from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And what it is, is it's the Hebrew alphabet. And for every letter of the Hebrew Hebrew alphabet, there's a little poem that the psalmist wrote. And this is the last one. In Psalm 119, verse 169, he says, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise for you teach me your statutes. You see that back to back there? He's giving his plea to God. Let my plea come before you. Very next verse. My lips will pour forth praise. Let my plea of pain, my plea of the things I'm working through, the grief, the doubt, the frustrations, the pain, let it come before you, God. But my lips will pour forth praise. For you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word. For all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you. And let your rules help me. 
I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. So no matter where you're at this morning, what I want to invite the body into for the remainder of our time before we close in singing, whether you're in a posture of, things are really beautiful and good right now. And that's, that's good. That's good. Give thanks to God. Rejoice. Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Grieve with those who grieve. If you're, if you're on the mountaintop and your hands are lifted, give thanks to God in that posture. That's good and pleasing to him. If you're down on your face in awe of God this morning, reverently fearing him, because he is God Almighty, and all allegiance and faith belongs to him, that is good. That is very honoring to the Lord. Give thanks to him in that posture. And if you're struggling today, and you have questions and you're on your knees, just asking God to be present and show up and insert himself in whatever situation is going on, in your life, that's a good time to give thanks to God. But I, but I trust in your unfailing love, even in that place. So take a moment, quiet your hearts, listen to the Lord. In our culture, we're very poor at listening to our own souls. <laughs> so I just want to invite you to listen to your own soul and ask yourself, where am I today, honestly? Maybe you're in a mixture of places, but am I... <laughs> Am I hands lifted, worshiping? Am I down on my face in awe of God? Or am I on my knees just begging God? Listen to yourself. Where are you? Be where you are. (laughs) Be real. Be alive. Be human. And then ask God what he desires you to give thanks for in whatever posture of your heart you're at today. So, Lord, we come before you hearing your words. Come, your, your spirit invites us today. Come, come, Parker Ford Church. Come, people of God. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. So, listen to his voice today. God, as we give thanks to you for a few minutes together here, we pray that it would be deeply honoring to you, God, and a blessing to you. Amen.